a narrative media podcast. What's your narrative? Dog, what? I'm, I just went on YouTube to look up the clip of them playing basketball. One of the first comments is, the writing in this movie was so impeccable. Beautiful movie from beginning to end. Oh, my God. This is, it's, it's terrible. Supposed to be, the, the, the autobiography part is supposed to be about Gina's life, man. And I just felt like Doug. it was disjointed. <laughs> She's misremembering shit. Right. She's but like, did she, did she ever, like, did she talk to that boy again? She probably didn't. Yes. She that's, probably didn't. Even though she had a scar, she should have been like, she should have been like, I, I, every time I look in the mirror, I, I, I think about you. I can't stop thinking about you. Do you be- remember how many games, it, how many games we played? And it was 532 to 534. I'm still up on you by two punk. Yeah. You know, like, oh, that's right. I, I'm still living in your head. I'm still in your head. Tyra Branks should have broke up with him because she knew what it was about. You know, every time I see you on the court, I know you want somebody out there, too. And there's your girl that then came through that you tried to talk to. And now here she is seeing you. No, I know she was shocked when she saw me. That would have been a great scene. Yeah. Something impactful. But it mattered too much. So we didn't get to see it. We are wrapping up our toxic relationship month, man. And we have been on a journey. We did Thin Line Between Love and Hate. We did Fences. Uh, we did, um, what was that? What's Love, uh, got, to what's love got to do with it? And so this is our fourth and final movie, man, before we move on to a month of love. So what is our movie? A month of more positive love. Yeah, okay. Our movie this week is Love and Basketball from the year 2000. Uh, Love and Basketball was written by Gina Prince Bright, uh, Blythewood. I believe we've done something to hers before. I Literally, I can't remember if we did. It, these months are blended together. But it is a movie about basketball in love. And it's, of course, it's a 90s, it's a late 90s, 2000s. A movie about black people, so it takes place in California, in LA. And uh, Spike Lee was a producer on this one. It has uh, Sanaa Lathan, Omar Epps, Alfre Wood. It has a pretty all star cast. Uh, you got Regina Hall in this movie. You got Harry Lennox Jr., uh, Gabrielle Union. And I'll I'll touch on her role because because in recent years something that she says in this movie got a lot funnier because of how she gets down. And of course, uh, Kyla Pratt. Uh, one uh, a lot of my, my one of my first uh, little childhood celebrity crushes. She is in as young Monica. Um, yeah, this is a um, for me solid cast uh, of characters in this movie. It's again centered on Monica and Q. This is the third Q that Qu- that uh, Omar Epps has played in the movie after uh, School Days and after Juice. And you've got these two people that. Basketball is the center of their life, the center of their love. Monica and Q. Uh, let's kick off the movie discussion. This is kind of special to me because this is my uh, older sister Caprices. She was the hooper in the family. She played basketball, so this is one of her favorite movies. And I, I've been wanting to talk about this with other people for a while, just to <laughs> see if I'm the only one who who dislikes a certain character in this movie or the romance in this movie, but. Let's start talking about the movie itself. What y'all think of the setting of the movie? What y'all think of uh, this uh, setting? Because a lot of '90s hood movies were more—they were grimy. They were in—they were literally hood movies. They were. This in is the hood. not. This is not a. a this a is in the wood. <laughs> yeah. This is this is, this is uh, what the wood was in the hood. This is one one more up. They had a nice pool in the back. Yeah. So, so this was, was an affluent nice, neighborhood, and, also, and we, the, we, main, the main character's dad, Dennis Haysbert. Was uh, played for the Clippers. Allstate man. <laughs> That's Allstate stand. Yeah. Are you in good hands? Uh, love not, his voice. His, anyway. his wife was not in good hands. Well, at the end of the movie, she was. <laughs> <laughs> briefly, <laughs> briefly. Um, but right, we did, so, we, did uh, we did, do Gina, we did, we did do uh, a movie about Gina, which was uh, the Woman King. She she directed the Woman King. Oh right, wow! Uh, and yeah, she directed also the Secret Life of Bees. But uh, we did we did Woman King. Um, 
so this um, this movie company this produces movie, a lot of good stuff. The movie, the soundtrack was really fucking decent. It, right. it was stacked. Um, these movie soundtracks are fucking going hard, dog, in the paint. And for for a stressed out ass films that we've been watching, these soundtracks have been hard as fuck. They're um, beautiful. Yeah, they are. Um, the film itself, uh, it felt petty. Uh, <laughs> like it's supposed to be. Uh, I was joking with my wife while we was watching it. And it was like first quarter. First quarter was only like 10 minutes long. Second quarter. Second minutes. It was like only 20 minutes long. And they should have like, dropped that whole thing and just give you a nice little. Well, they, I don't even think they did fourth quarter. I don't even think. I don't even they remember. They, they did. did. It was it was uh, 94. What to say? Because like fourth quarter Which was, was like, still like five years after college. Yeah. But this is my wife does. She was like, bro, she said they're going to do third quarter and then they're going to do fourth quarter. Because like 50 minutes, <laughs> like 40 to 50 minutes of the movie. That was, was, long, that was the fourth quarter. That was double overtime. That was everything. Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I felt like that shit was annoying, dog. And I was like, damn, like. <laughs> That, oh, that, that there was some parts that was like annoying, but like, uh, what did you feel, man? How did how did you feel about the film? Oh me, yeah. How did yeah. I feel about the setting and everything? Yeah. I like I liked it when um like as the decade went went along in the nineties and then into the two thousands, we were getting some stories where black people weren't struggling as much financially because that shit can get depressing. Like nobody was getting murdered in this movie, which I found a relief because. Even in the wood, there was still a little, there was a little element of danger with Stacy, but for the most part, it was a human story. It was a light a life story that didn't have the the specter of oh shit, uh, the Crips or the Bloods might shoot one of us. So I personally always liked that. I love that they didn't make the dad a a superstar basketball player. He's towards the end of his career career and of course he's on the clippers like this is the 80s and the clippers <laughs> the clippers just now in the two, in like 2006 became a, a good franchise so yeah if that makes it a little fun that makes it hilarious like and she she points that out like dog your dad played for the clippers and that has to wound that that will wound a child like ah uh, she's right like damn my daddy played for the clippers and he ain't even a star in her favorite players magic johnson just shitting all over this little boy that was hilarious i loved the little the the first segment the 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 little first quarter basketball game i thought that worked um and it established you know the little competitiveness that uh that they have as well as just it's it's fun hearing somebody make it, it was just hilarious seeing her make fun of her his dad he made it to the nba but he on the clippers so are you really in the nba in well, 80s clippers yeah that's what i felt like when he said that he was gonna go at pro at the end dog and they say well he's been bouncing around from everyone now and again and i was like dog you worse than your dad <laughs> at least he was on the fucking team consistently but, but <laughs> oh it was because he was in a rush and went right to the league yeah. after being a freshman but at yeah, least he could say that he there. Yeah. And getting and getting a uh, uh, education. Like like his dad tried to tell him, and he was sitting over there like I'm trying. His dad was trying to get into the front office, yeah, and manager team, and we don't actually know what happens to that. Yeah, but uh, Quincy's character was was just mediocre. Yeah, and I hate this nigga. It was because he didn't take his dad's advice. His dad always so tried many to give him, give him some advice, man. Yeah, and at least he was a Laker dog. At the very end, a second string Laker in nineteen what nineteen ninety five. Didn't have so a bench, This is, this is very much in the Lakers are trash era. Right before Shaq came, right before they drafted Kobe, the Lakers are shit at this point. Magic's gone. Oh my god. <laughs> Nigga, stay so in school listen, listen about. How, I need to ask y'all how you think that basketball was portrayed in this movie. <sighs> Okay. You go yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> um, okay. I think... Oh, uh, go right ahead. History, go right I was going to say that, like, I felt like basketball was portrayed very, very real for females, not necessarily for males. Yeah. I felt like we females was... it? Uh, what, even John Oliver just did... No, not John Oliver. Bomani Jones just did it on the NCAA and uh, women's... Um, Finals, you know, uh, the NCAA championship, uh, March Madness finals. 
uh, for women. And like how I, I thought like, man, I was like, they got a weight room. But then you see them playing in the fucking like high school gym almost. Uh, those girls are wearing t-shirts and shit like that. I was like, oh, wow. Like it, it just I thought that was such a, uh, a reality of it. Um, they kept asking, was each other were pregnant and shit like that. I felt like that was um, a bigger reality. What I would love to have seen was um, a little bit, just a hint, a gloss of them in elementary, middle school doing the basketball thing. And then that could have been more the first quarter. That could have been more the first quarter because then it it would show why she was looking towards him and why he still goes to the game because we didn't understand why they were still kind of connected. They fought. And then we went into like, oh, now we're in high school. Now they're in high school. Yeah. Have so, they been talking this whole time or did they fight? Uh, yeah. gave, gave her a scar yeah. saying, good looking yeah. and never talk again. Because that's yeah, really what it felt like. Two hours long. Yeah. And they could have smartly half hour, first quarter. That's them young middle school. Second quarter. That's uh, them in high school. Third quarter college. Fourth quarter is them as as adults. That. Damn, that's sim- like that's a simple fix, and you get more. Mm-hmm. Why are they? Why are they still friends? Yeah, like why? Like yeah, they live next door to each other. Mm-hmm. But why? Why is the connection still there? Yeah, I felt like the basketball was portrayed in here as good as the very end in- credit scene where they got the little kid playing basketball. That's about as good as I want to say. It, yeah. it d- definitely showed like the reality for females. I just don't see like they try to hype it up as motherfucker when he was in high school. And I do remember basketball being like that, but I didn't get that experience when it came to like the NCAA for men's. And then um, I kind of barely got that when it came to him being an actual NBA. The NBA, it it felt like for him, they glossed over and they definitely like after a while, it was not about Q. It started becoming more about Monica. And so when we watched the actual females basketball, it felt like the females basketball was highlighted very realistic, but at the same token, there was nothing to make me excited about women's basketball. You were not going to make me go watch Lisa Leslie play for the Sparks at the very end of this movie. Yeah. Like, having been around my sister and some of her hooping friends, I would say, it's accurate. Like, especially, like, the college stuff. Like, because women, and that's something that I do appreciate that they did, is that, hey, women can be competitive, women can be assholes with each other. Recently, in real life, we had the incident with the um, the young woman from a- uh, LSU, Angel Reese, and a uh, young woman from Iowa, uh, Caitlin Carter. Like, we had that with the, the taunting and stuff. So, I like that. Like, women can talk shit. Women can be, you know, hyper-competitive. I like those elements. And I agree with what you said, History. The Quincy stuff is the weakest, like, as far as basketball, is the weakest in the movie. Like, I don't believe that this dude would be a high school phenomenon, first-round type pick. Like, I don't buy that in this movie. And it's just like, eh. Like, he he ain't... Like, I don't buy this dude as a top-level basketball player. I'm sorry. Like, they didn't do a good enough job in convincing me of that. That's like his stuff was kind of weak. It was just, ooh, like he had hoes, yeah, but we never got a reason why. Like, is he nice on the court? We we see that very briefly. Well, you mean even the, the even the part, and I'm gonna let right you go. JT. I'm gonna let you go, JT. Oh, yeah. uh, go ahead, man. So the director uh, also directed a bunch of other movies, which just aren't critical successes. And uh, I think I've I've remarked about it many times about her films. That it just doesn't seem like she knows what matters. And she's not a good a good person to really discover that the movie is called Love and Basketball. But they spend like, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes actually playing basketball. You know, like there was a bunch of games and stuff and slow-mo and things, but then it was practice was more important. And what I don't think they did any anywhere close to any justice is they didn't really show how basketball affected their relationship growing up. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, I could do a I could do a better movie just, you know, having your crush on the court with your moments. Oh, you know, what she out playing basketball at, you know, outside of his house. Oh, is it too late? Nah, baby, it's okay. So she got to stay there and play basketball. He would creep out, you know, and go play basketball with it. They would spend nights on the court, talk, whatever. And then you could actually show why this was an organic thing. But the way the movie was filmed is it was like Nobody else really mattered. And we didn't talk to anybody new, you know, and it 
it tried to do a little bit about and and life was like they went to a party and that one girl was there and the one girl was a problem and then we don't see her no more. We, you know we, what I'm yeah, saying? Like, we don't see was, we don't even really see that relationship with that one girl. We see that she's there it, and yeah, he's hogging up on her. But like the problem is him at that point in time. It's not the girl at that point in time. And, you know what I mean? And they never, she never, the director never put the focus on the hard moments. She never put the focus on the real moments, the tender moments that I think I might be in love with this girl. I think I might be in love with this boy. That was not there. And it really felt to me from a basketball perspective, like she don't know what it's like to grow up playing basketball. I I, I just feel like that. You know, like it's, if, if you got a court, that's where you go. If you mad, if you got a court, that's where you go. If you sad, if you got a court, break your heart when it's raining, you might still go out there and try and slip and fall and break something. You know what I'm saying? Like, and these moments could like when you when you think of love, you think an in the rain scene. They had no in the rain scene in this love movie. So this was this was a weak. Uh, it, it grew their love so poorly, and it was just because they were there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it was it wasn't like they were impacted. And you had the option to actually go into all these different stages in life. You set it up yourself with the stupid quarter thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a, a wasted potential to not delve into the, in the childhood and then, you know, the, the, the you know, middle school or whatever, college, because you could have done all of that stuff right after he got to the league. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the place he wanted to be at, but he was on the Lakers. Then he broke his stuff real quick. Would have been the same, the same story. Yeah. But they really they they talked a lot with dialogue and showed oh, all right and they're over there now but they never actually talk about these people so that you know his mom was with somebody else they don't talk about him yeah he's he's they don't even talk to him they don't they don't have a moment together man to man none of that stuff <laughs> all of these other good moments that other people could be going through that could be important are left on the cutting room floor and the movie was already long enough so what the hell are you actually putting in the film if it wasn't the good stuff. Let's actually like get into the relationship thing. itself because gotcha. I, say, yeah. I think we're we're in that area. I've long, long been on the side of Q and Monica's relationship was uneven because, as y'all have been saying throughout the movie, we don't get an indication as to why she's in love with this dude, and Q is the problem. Quincy is the problem because the second things go bad. This nigga decides to cheat on her. He never really pays attention to her until unless she got her hair done, which I mean, she had that raggedy I'm hooping ponytail, but you could have got some corn. She got corn rolled up, but that's besides the point. And then at the very end, this man, two weeks before his wedding. (laughs) In a secret midnight basketball game. You know what? I'm gonna break up this relationship. I'm gonna dump Poe Tyra Banks. She don't know why. Like, imagine explaining that shit. Well, um, we had a basketball game, and it was if she play me and she win, the marriage is over. She's like, oh, so the the we're we're still getting. Nah, I decided randomly. We we gonna do double or nothing, and so I don't want to be with you no more. And she probably just went like, "Dog, what did I do? Like, what? It there was no indication that their relationship had no drama. There was no indication. Again, it's just he's a poor character. I think Monica. I think Sanaa Lathan does a really good job in this movie. I think she's good in this movie. It's Omar Epps's the characterization of Quincy." Is just all off of me. And it's just like, why do we care? There's no moments of this dude endearing himself to the audience. There's no moments of really them endearing themselves as a couple. And the nigga cheats on her damn near immediately when things go wrong. And it's just like, bitch, why are you that? Okay, I understand you mad at your daddy for cheating on your mama. That's, you know, understandable. But bro, Monica ain't got nothing to do with that. And she even said the whole curfew thing. She was like, hey, you can come back to my room, but we got to be on. Like she was being, re- well, she was doing problem. too damn much. That was a great compromise. All he had, he could have still spent no- time with her. And so it, here's how that scene would have made sense, though. They could have been playing basketball. You want to come back to my scene? No, we're sitting on the fucking bleachers. All they had to do was get on the court, bounce the ball around. And now all of a sudden they're talking about love. He needs a moment. He needs his girl to stay with him. He on the court where he bleeds, where he cries, where he does everything. And she needs to go back to the room. And he just can't leave the court because that's all he knows in love. And, and he thinks that she's in with the love, but she's putting her basketball in front of him. 
That would have now it's all of a sudden a good I got, scene. Oh my God. I got two things real fast. Can I ask you a question, dog? What's Wait, up, history? All right. I got a question. It is gonna be about a movie, but I wanna ask you a question mm-hmm. real fast, dog. Could you brought up the midnight basketball scene? I wrote down a note, dog, for the midnight bad basketball scene. I was like, was this what Dave Chappelle was writing when he wrote the joke about LeBron James if he became trans and then goes to WBA and scores oh, he points? On her. He, like he really was he, he was aggressive went, with it too. Looked, Just yammed on her. I said that was the look that <laughs> that LeBron James would have looked if he would have joined the WBA. He took off his knee brace like he was Piccolo and Dragon Ball Z, like, ah, let me take off my weighted clothing and dunked on that girl. He aggressively won that game. Game. Like that was, was establishing <laughs> dominance in that movie, in that relationship. Like, okay, just remember, I won. Ah, and it was so unnecessary. It was like, bro, if you ever watch this scene, if you watch this scene, and then if you watch like House Party, the new House Party, and watch the end of scene where they have them playing basketball, dog, I, it's the same exact way. LeBron James, you for your heart, yeah. <laughs> Call the cops and then walk the fuck away. <laughs> That's the oh way a fucking Quincy did that shit to her. I was like, bro, we should just be game over. And it should have just, the movie should have ended. Monica's heartbroken all over that. It would have been a fucking poetic and it would have been a fucked up ass movie. But <laughs> at the same token, but here's my real question. Jamel, you've been doing like, you 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 do the, like the, the, the backstory in the production. <laughs> So right. I just saw in my head double or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just, I need mean, two blenders. <laughs> Watch my draw. Oh done. man. So <laughs> hey. She I, said she's gonna get him a wedding present. So what was uh right. what do you remember? Do you remember what Sanai Lathan said about the production for the basketball or training for the basketball? Oh man. <laughs> Ah uh, shit! I probably should have looked, re-looked this up too. I did. I I I had it, but it doesn't. I don't even think it was that extensive. With her, with her, I think she did a little bit more training, but I don't think it was that extensive with the training. But yeah, you. It sounds like you you got more. Well, the the, the part that I remember it for is the fact that she was traumatized by this movie for the most part, and the reason being is because of the fact that this movie they were putting unrealistic expectations apparently on the fact of like the basketball portion, what she was supposed to be doing. And so she would be, what it sounded like, it sounded like she really didn't like the fact that she was being forced to be on the court significantly longer than a lot of kid, uh, a lot of people. And like, she was just having a tough time with that actual scene itself. So yeah, man, oh, um, it it was- Okay, yeah, she actually, I'm, I'm seeing that yeah. now. Go ahead, read, so it, read it out the semi- was semi-autobiographical too. So that also, that makes the, the basketball <laughs> didn't end up with him, did she? <laughs> even more, that makes it even more egregious. It's just like, lady, you pl- did you play basketball? Like, what are we doing? Okay. I swear. Oh my God. Didn't feel like it. And also... Wait, they were dating also, before that? Oh God. Okay, Tanai go. Lathan and Omar Epps were da- started dating prior to this. And this is after the woods. So that's probably where they met and they probably started messing around after that. Or this is the same. This might be the same year as the wood. I can look it up, but nah, but dog. Okay. Let's get into some of these other characters. Some other some some other uh, kind of shady relationships going on, particularly with uh, Quincy's mama and daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, Quincy's daddy, Zeke McCall, played by Mr. Allstate, Dennis Haysbert. Um, of course, he has my favorite line of the movie, and it's when they're arguing. Uh, it's in high school, and she's talking about, I came second to the NBA. I'm not going to come second to some bullshit scouting job. And, you know, they going back and forth. He's just like, don't worry. We got enough in savings to keep your fine ass and Gucci and gold. Like, the way that he just said that, <laughs> moved his ass, it was hilarious. And it, and then she took off the earrings, like, I don't need and clocked his ass in the back, the of, the back head. of the head. Oh, my God. Oh, that's terrible. And then, of course, he, he was cheating on on the mama what y'all think of the parent characters because those two we actually spent more time with than monica's parents like monica's parents were more alfrey woodard which this movie is a waste of alfrey woodard it is honestly like she's yeah and Harry they, they fucking forgot about my man, like, man must there to not be proud about. It was like, it was stupid. dog. It was weird. Like that was that weird night. Like, that disappointed me with how 
with how uh, Camille Wright, Alfred Woodard was portrayed in this movie, because it's like you have one of the best working actresses going, and she has this weird role, and it's just oh, my daughter is not proud of me because you know I'm just a homemaker and all this, and it's just like, bro, you could have wrote something better for her, for for Alfred and Harry Lennox. He, he he's kind of a non-factor in this movie. Like he's a good actor, but. He's kind of a non-factor too, and it's just like we don't get any sense of the merit. We really don't get a sense of their dynamic they, either. We get they, they oh my god, so we get a dynamic. We get a dynamic. Go ahead, which is gonna say Regina Hall. We they wasted Regina, Regina Hall. Hall exactly. Well. They wasted Regina Hall. They wasted uh, Gabrielle Union. Kojo was used. He was used the right amount because Boris. We 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 ain't gonna act like Boris Kojo is a great actor. Gabrielle Union has a has a role in this, but uh, yeah. What did y'all think of the of the parent couples and the parent dynamics? What we what we were able to see? Um. So I the only part that I, for the most part I felt like that was kind of iffy was I didn't like the fact of like how they showed him listening to the uh, the parents have sex and he was smiling Bro. about it. And so I was, and then I realized at the very end, this was a Spike Lee movie. So I felt like that was a callback to uh, Jungle Fever. I don't know if y'all remember Jungle Fever. When um, in Jungle Fever, the the husband uh, and the wife was having sex. Wesley Snipes was having sex with the wife. And that, and then the little girl, she was smiling and she liked the sound of it because of the fact that like she knew that her parents were happy, apparently, at the time. So when I was listening, uh, watching this and Q was sitting there smiling, doing a flashlight along the way, and he was having a better time sleeping with that. And every now and then all of a sudden you see him look at Kyla Pratt's character getting her hair done. I felt like that was fucking weird. That was very strange. But uh, I love the fact that they showed that the family was in love. I just wish I would have seen how it fell apart where he felt like he needed to go cheat. Also, on top of that, I wish that I would have had more of of um, Monica's family, the right family, because of the fact that we have at the very end of the movie, the mom says that you always look down on me. And that was a whole thing, you know. So I wish I would have seen that relationship. All the thing I seen was this mama was just basically kind of like very negative her daughter every time. But like, and then the one scene where she was like, I'm a lesbian. That's what you think because I dress like a you know, tomboy or whatever. Yeah. And so and then she smacks her daughter. And I was like, so are we supposed to just say that this is still good parenting? You mean <laughs> what is going on with this? So um, I felt like, you know, the relationships felt like they were still in, unequal, even <clears throat> though like they were showing that these um even though they were showing that these characters are supposed to be like different family dynamics. You got a hardworking <laughs> fucking banker man who's taking care of his family versus the the scouting agent who's taking care of his wife. You know, I wish that they would show the different the, the different a fine ass and Gucci and gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the parents were shown well as flawed flawed characters. Of course, that was the benefit of the flawed writing. Agree. I, I just think that like that was not highlighted for the issues that were being basically directed to later. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but it, it uh, my excuse for that is it wasn't their story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was about how it impacted the main characters. That's how good writing is supposed to work. We don't need to know their story. Fair. We need to know how it impacts our, our one and two. And Fair. this focus, I felt like this focus was really a movie about Monica. And to a lesser extent about Quincy, even though we started off at Quincy's court in Quincy's house, you know, all this other stuff. But it was since, you know, it was it was a it was a, a female shot movie. And it really just felt like it. Does she know how to grow up as somebody else? I don't think she's very good at that. You know what my I mean? Point, my point, even like you're, her- so, you're so right about that parenting. No, man. Alfrey was was terrible. And then when when uh, uh, Monica came home. And her mama was was sitting out there ready to go to the store. She could see her daughter was visibly upset and thought it was about basketball, not love. Mm-hmm. And it should have been one of the things. Get in the car. Come to the store with me because obviously you need some home time and I'm your home. So come on, get in the car. That's what I'm saying. And then you could have had a mama scene. But we didn't get that. We got mama missed. Mm-hmm. She misread the situation, yeah. which is OK. But then, you know, at the end of the day, it really didn't feel like they came around too well. 
because you would think if she if she would have been pro Monica and Quincy getting together, Camille would have been hinting about that the whole time. That's that one boy that you could get. Go get him. Why you let him go? Such a nice boy, even though he gave you that scar. And she could be pushing back. No, mama, he gave me this scar. He doesn't love me. He treats me terrible or some other stuff that we don't know that she's working on. No. But it, it really was what 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 gets to me is how the parents pretty much had to come and spell some things out for their kids. The kids was not picking up life. They weren't going in and handling their shit right. They weren't trying to figure it out together and they weren't using basketball to get ahead in life in any way other than, oh, I'm going to do this for a living. I want to go to the league. That was it. Can and I so ask it you was, a question? Was, fast, what's up? Uh, do you feel like Camille Wright, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the character's name. Camille Wright character was very similar to Tina Turner's uh Ms. Bullock in uh What's Love Got to Do with It. Cause remember, Tina Turner mom took money from I Turner, and then also on top of that, like she kind of sold out Tina Turner to that. Cause I felt like that's what that felt like. No, that's much worse. That's much worse. This this what this I mean mom by that, she, kept, always- she was kind of pushing her towards him. Cause like at the very end, you could do better. And she, she kept putting that tidbit in his in her ear that she needs to stay with him. That's what I'm asking. No, she was she was saying that you are a better option for him, and you look at it as you could do better. But I'm t- I'm saying you are the better, and that was her encouraging her daughter finally. So go but break I think up they, that. They should have been there. Should have been little bits of that sprinkled in with the misses, you know. And we didn't get the misses from the misses, but the one time. We didn't, yeah. get, uh, you know, the, the the rest of the parents did relatively good parenting. And if if uh, Quincy would have just listened to his dad instead of being mad at him, his dad gave him the whole game, y'all. The whole Give game. Him practical he, advice the whole way. He wanted him to go to Princeton because he prioritizes education. He was like, no, Princeton, they ain't going to go that far. He, the dad's just like, bro, it it's it's bigger. He see the game like the dad, like you said, JT. The dad played in the NBA in the seventies. He know how shady the game can be, and he was trying to avoid that with his son. But <laughs> Quincy would Quincy would not listen. Uh, I went down a, a very brief rabbit hole because Monica Calhoun is, is in uh, in this movie. <laughs> she plays uh, one of the first girls that Quincy cheats on Monica with. I decided I went to Monica Calhoun's uh, wiki. Went there uh, in the three year span. She was Ebony in the Players Club. She was uh, in the Best Man's uh, in the Best Man, and she was here. So she uh, she she was damn near typecast as somebody who's kind of in fucked up relationships or cheating. And I got on the movie she did, Civil Brand, with Lisa Ray McCoy and DeBrat. Then I went to DeBrat, and I just see DeBrat dated Allen Iverson in the late 1990s, which is that is that seems very wild. Wow. That in the late 90s, in the late 1990s, it seems very 90s. That. Who calls who's who? Okay, I I almost went somewhere I, I shouldn't have. <laughs> but you already know the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's who who braiding who hair. Not that wasn't where I was gonna go. <laughs> that's also out. a good question. <laughs> that's also a good question. Gabrielle Union, she's also in this movie. She is uh, Shawnee, uh, as uh, Quincy said, the girl with the big titties. Uh, she mentions at one point wanting to lick the sweat off of Quincy's butt, and a couple years ago. Um, she uh, put out some of her and Dwayne Wade's business, some of their activities. If you know, you know. And I got a slight chuckle out of that, considering. Um, oh, so she brought some organicness to that. To that, she, she, that was improv. Is what you saying? That wait, whoa, hold on, whoa. Apparently, I, I, I keep missing this. Wait, wait what happened? What, what? Uh, Dwayne Wade liked to get, you know, you know what? I, Chicago legend. Uh, <laughs> Like groceries, like groceries. I'll just say this: supposed to be Janae Akio groceries. That if you again, you can be the clues are there. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh god. Uh, Like I said, Boris Mm. Kojo. He's here in the movie, and he serves. uh, He's Boris Kojo. Uh, Regina Hall. She was under. I think I would like to see a little bit more of the sister relationship between Regina Hall and uh, between Monica. I thought that would have been. I thought that would have been nice to to get into. But let's get into 
Let's honestly get into some of the, and of course, again, Kyla Pratt. How would you, what are some steps? What are three big changes, JT, that you would have made to this movie to improve it? And we'll go to you next history for your three big changes. I would uh, give them each a best friend. And I would make a, a couple of complicated love triangles uh, with either sisters or best friends and, and, you know, things not working out because the love ain't working out, which makes our main characters more wary of getting into a relationship together. Um, I would add more basketball for, for crying out loud. I yes. would add more, more time on the court, more conversations on the court. Cause I can't tell you how many therapy sessions I had just shooting hoops. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that is when ball is life. That is, you know, that's your church right there. You know what I'm saying? So there was there was the worship of basketball was incorrect. And what basketball can actually be to, you know, uh, uh, these impoverished youth who are coming up. Talk about rich boy, this rich boy, that your daddy was in the league, but you should four, you know, four inches shorter. It really it, there was just not a, a real dynamic that I believe they felt like they lived in a bubble and nobody else was affecting that bubble. So I wanted to see more things affect the bubble. Number three. I want to see more stats. We got one stat. You had four offensive boards. That's it. The whole movie. Terrible. They should have been talking shit to each other via stats. You know what I'm saying? They should have flirted via, via basketball talk and, and have this verbiage that they both know and can understand this jargon. And then, you know, at the end, when she's really, when she's pleading for his heart, talk about, I know she don't come on the court with you. I know she don't, you know, how to, how, how we laugh and cry and leave it all out here with this ball. I know how she doesn't understand how this right here just feels the same as, 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 you know, going to church, going out in the mountains or something crazy, you know, like there is a, there is a, a calling when you get on the court and you hear that and ain't nobody else in the gym with you, you know, that's that stuff make you commune with the court. So we didn't really have enough communing with the hardwood or the ball to be completely honest. I think we need to change them three things. History, what, what about you? Um, I am definitely on board with the basketball part. And I think that we should add in more kids. Um, that was, you had 10, maybe 20 minutes hard of Kyla Pratt when she was at her fucking peak when it came to like acting. And you wasted that. You wasted Whoa, that. Time. 101. 101 the is the Proud is family had there. how many seasons? <laughs> and now has a revival. She was, still, so. she was still doing like she was pretty big still during that time. Because that's also during the one on one is I would say is Pete Kyla Pratt. Okay. Um I would say uh only reason why I'm saying that is gonna affect that like Dr. Doolittle, she was doing a, a couple other movies as well during that time. But yes, I I she was in film film. She was not doing fucking UPN. Um, so um, I'm not knocking that that, that, that legacy behind it. But that was definitely when Kyla Pratt was definitely on that thing. And she was not necessarily fully a Disney kid. So, um, but I feel like that was a waste of time. Uh, the, the, the first quarter. I wish I, I, wish I would have had some more of that. Um, I agree with the stats. I wish I would have seen what happened with that time jump with him. If you're going to use that time jump, I wish I would have seen that time jump. Uh, and, but that is not nearly as important as this one piece that I would say. My God, don't write this girl to blame herself for this other dude fucking up throughout the whole time. She literally oh, begged God. and pleaded and said that whatever it is, I can fucking fix it. I can change it. She, bruh, if that is not a situation of like fucking like manipulation, I just don't know what is. This girl was fucking the victim of a lot of fucking bad shit. And she was stuck with this dude. And so I, I wish that the writer would have wrote that significantly better. She wanted to change for him. They kept blaming her for attitude. They kept blaming her for all these things, uh, all these other things. And you watched the rest of the movie. She was really quiet and she was really passive. She got beat up on by the fucking senior uh, basketball player, beat up on by the coach, beat up by her, bro uh, her, uh, her boyfriend, a.k.a. Quincy, by her parents, sister kind of slightly beat up on her a little bit. Like everybody was feeding on her. And then the one time that she was strong was on the court, per se. Everybody was like, you got a bad attitude. You got to work on that attitude. Uh, uh, 
That's how, that's how our strength on the court ended. Yeah. Dominance. That man established <laughs> dominance. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, fucking Andrew Tate time traveling right that scene. <laughs> 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 so I would have write that shit. I, I would have liked that fucking shit more, bro. He did not need to dunk on her. Bro, he think, fucking yank the and, fuck on the dog. It was so unnecessary. It was hilarious, but it's so unnecessary. Let's play for your heart. And, all right, double or nothing. Dog, that was fucked up. But, you know um, what? The wild thing is, he fucking injured. He tore his ACL. <laughs> Fucking dunking. Hey, he yanked the heat, man. He's not going to be real, man. So, so disrespectful. I, fuck your heart. The only way it would have been worse is if he had a did the uh, only thing that would have been worse is if he did the T-Mac and threw it off the backboard and then just, a, <laughs> just, just extra do, do a spin and then come on, come on Tomahawk. For and me, you know, it it would have it really like felt that. like <laughs> well, Let's talk about that scene real Sing quick. It really felt like that that scene was showing no matter how good you are, you'll never be better than a man at this game. That, that's what I felt exactly that mess was disrespectful as, 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 as a mug. Written by one. And Written by even, one. Uh, and then on top of that. Because she was busting his ass in that childhood scene. For real. They, des- they got what they deserved. They put the short dude and the girl on the same team and they were like, ah, easy win. Busting their ass. And then you saw what happened. He pushed her down and hurt her trying to establish dominance. Again, that, that's some very Tate-like behavior. That's some very Troy Mason telling the story about Jackie Roberts kind of shit. I think what would have what <laughs> been more impactful to me is let's say it was, uh, it was her ball and they were tied four and four and she gets stripped and he grabs the ball and he turns and shoots it and then he realizes it's going in. That would have been a much better scene. But he put that mess in there like, how dare you come up in here trying to break up my marriage because you love me. <laughs> That's what I say. I, it I just walked, he just should have just walked off. I get that they were trying to do the whole, oh, it's, it's sweet now. But I felt like that scene was a, a rendition of like when she lost her virginity to him. Is the fact that there was no nurturing in him. He, he kissed her on the shoulder a few times. There was nothing that was like, it's okay. I'm going to take care of you from there. There was none of that. It was just like that's because these people didn't deal with consequences ever. Yeah, it, there was no the nurturing film, at all. This film did not do any nurturing, not one bit. Zero. And I think that's oh the, the fault. And you know what? Neither did the Woman King, but that's the fault of the director. I'm telling you this. It's the fault of the director. Apparently, she didn't feel very nurtured growing up. She felt like she was too tomboyish, and her mom didn't understand her, didn't know nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's really what it sounds like from this director, because that's what you keep getting out of all these women that she got. I'm not your mama. Better buck up. That's what we hear a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really not a... Because when you talk about love and basketball, you need to be talking about the different forms of love. Love is not just you know, erotic between a man and a woman. You got to love your family members, your parents, your friends. You know, those are different forms of love coming through. And I think the movie did a bad job talking about this is the love that surrounds you. And that's why you wanted to come home. Mm -hmm. It was because you were lonely. And then you got home and you realized that there was something extra missing. And that always bugged you because you thought once you was done being in Spain, things is going to be different. But no, you came back for him and you figured out he was with Tyra Banks and she was a stewardess. And didn't even use that. Did she get on the court with you? Nah, never. She break a heel. You kidding me? And she should have been talking junk about her that way. Or been like, look, I'm always down for a game. Long as my knees is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was none of this banter. And Honestly, I think what would have... Uh, I'll, I'll go quickly over my, my changes. One, yeah, I'm not even going to repeat the basketball thing. I agree. Expand the first quarter. I agree. One big change is... Can we get some insight into the Tyra Banks uh, and the Tyra, who is that's her name, but Tyra Banks and Quincy's relationship? Can we get into that? Because he very easily just ended in a whole ass engagement. We, I've we don't even know that. Look, that was a, a drag. That should have been a Jerry Springer scene up in the movie, but we didn't even Bro. get that. I've worked at a company called uh, Shutterfly and Wedding Paper Divas, helping people get their stuff ready for weddings. Y'all both have been married. Weddings are very expensive and very time consuming to plan if you go and do the whole rich people to do. And they were super rich. They do all that little shit, sending out invites and RSVPs and getting your, your dinner choice and all that shit. 
nigga, two weeks before the wedding, you decide in a midnight basketball game, a secret midnight basketball game, like this is Rocky Three, and you and Apollo got to figure out who the best on the court is. You decide, all right, I'm going to end this marriage and waste all this money. Nigga, you ain't in a league no more. Why are y'all wasting the money like this? I just a little bit of insight into their relationship. Maybe he it, thought it, she was gold. Maybe they were been unhappy. Any length of time, Jamel. It don't matter the length of time. It could have been like, yeah, we're not getting married she for just another showed year. Showed up, <laughs> you know. But it was two weeks, <laughs> and then just because that was some fake tension that didn't actually pan out. It could have oh, been God. any time, and it probably would have been more impactful if it was far out in the future, because she could have been like, you go in some place you've never been before. But this is comfort. This is home, and this is the game that you love. Loving basketball. All's fair in loving basketball. I want you, nigga. Come come home with me. Po you know Tyra what I'm saying? I'm going to keep saying that. Poe, po, she she didn't deserve this. That's the she thing. She got the it's fuck like she, fucking higher learning. I, I, I don't say Poe Tyra Banks. She got killed. <laughs> she, she got killed. She got killed, but she ran track. She's fine. She's in this fine. movie. <laughs> I'm talking about in this movie. Guy. In this how, movie. How is the fast people in track and field or, or speedy people getting shot so quickly? We look at Quicksilver and fucking Avengers got shot. Well, this, that, there's no excuse <laughs> for that. Yeah, She's I, a regular human with regular speed. <laughs> I know. Bullet can win. I just, I just joker. But bullet time. I, yeah, I, don't let's, feel, I don't feel bad for the character, bro, because of the fact that the movie didn't make me feel bad for the character. Because you also got to remember, uh, Tyra Banks is the same yeah. character who's like, yes, we it, we married. And she did this whole it, thing. There was duh. no hi. There yeah. was no hug. There was no, oh, my God, we haven't heard from you in years. Yeah, was, she told we don't even know if they out. knew each, if she knew who Monica was. And that's why the reason why I'm saying Poe is that this comes again, this comes out of nowhere. This stupid ass midnight basketball game where he got he had to uh, yam on the dog. I'm gonna keep going back to that. He yammed he on her unnecessarily. Bruh, we should have had we should have had something to let us know that Tyra Banks was a gold digger or something. You know, we gotta get you healed so you can get back on that court. You know what I'm saying? Cause like for that, all we there know, she been made, some inkling, but it, well, she seemed like only, a nice woman that didn't deserve just, what she got. Hey, we're well, getting married. Oh yeah, my God. You got to come that, to only part that she got nice. a hand was when he said that I'm going to go back to college and I don't think that she's going to go for that. That's what, that's the only part that we got, but that was really about it. I don't think that we, I think it was kind of implied, but that's also because of the fact that this movie is semi-autobiography basically connected to Gina Prince, uh, by the wood, whatever uh, her name is. I think White wood. Uh, is it Blythewood? No, by the wood. Blythewood. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's Blythe, um, Blythewood. 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 It looks like Either way. it's spelled by the wood. Yeah, it's spelled by, by the wood. The wood. Yeah. Um, so she filmed over like a couple blocks away from where they filmed that movie. <laughs> this was filming at the same time as the wood. So Omar Epps, he had to, that's why he had that Mike Lowry, uh, goatee towards the end where that nineties goatee that everybody, but, every black but person had at some point. With the same goatee <laughs> twins. Wait, so that explains no, okay, why Sonia Lathan was not in, in, in the wood until the, like the very last fucking yeah. end. That is, that's something that I know. Every black man or she black actor at some point had that damn goatee, that Mike Lowry goat the same once. They went to the same. <laughs> Martin had it. Shamar Moore had it. D.L. Hughley had it. Chestnut. Fucking Morris Chestnut had it. Uh, Dennis Haysbert had it. Every Wesley had it. Denzel had it a couple times. Everybody. What the fuck was that? What were we on back? What were y'all grown niggas on back then? Uh, leave it in the comments. But let's uh, <laughs> let's let's wrap up the movie and let's get into our rankings of the movie and our final thoughts. So, JT, your final thoughts on the movie and your rating of the movie on our, of course, patented historical voices from the East Side rating scale. What say you? People who this is your favorite movie, why? There are a few redeeming qualities about this film, apart from the excellent acting. Uh, the acting is beyond approach, really. I think the chemistry with, with everybody is good. The problem is it's all too brief. A killer cast of supporting characters that you might get for three minutes. This movie is an absolute sleeper getting to the end of it. It, it. it feels like the director didn't know how to make a film and she should have spent more time on the storyboards. It, it pains me to see a movie called Love and Basketball treat love so poorly because love is what we all should be pursuing. More on that later. So I got to give this one a sleeper, man. This, this movie was 
just just barely above trash, but it's not a good film, and I don't see why you people out there think it is. So please ask your sister or your cousin or whatever why. I need to know. It's because she played basketball, and it and it it. Me too, and that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> she she played basketball in high school, and she ran track and college. Yeah, no, it says she just only ran track in college. She was a runner in college. Are you looking at Jamel's sister? No, uh, Gina by the woods. Her, oh. uh, and that's how I see. Thank y'all for pointing out how it's how it looks by the woods. So I'm gonna just say that, and it sounds weird, but meh. Uh, history, what say you? What are your final thoughts on the movie and the ranking of the movie rating? Uh, I'm, of the I'm, movie. I'm gonna slide on this one, and I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still. I want to hear me. For me, on pure entertainment value on some of these, I give it an edger because I laugh at so much of this movie. And I I love Hayden Quincy, the character of Quincy in this movie. He's just so terrible. If I were to be realistic and fair with the movie, I could not give it higher than a, a, a slumper. I could not give it higher than that. It's, it's long. God, I, it's long. And so many aspects of it are like if they just tweak this a little bit it'd be better but really on the entertainment value for me i give it a, a edger because i there's so much <laughs> i've had so much fun reminiscing about him just shitting on her just <laughs> oh my just for no reason <laughs> i have so much fun reminiscing on that and why and when that comes up in the movie that dumbass let's play for your heart i it tickles me but if I'm being, you know, serious, this movie is a slumper at best. So which one are we going to put it down as? We're going to put it as an edger or are we going to put it as a slumper? On Facebook, I said this was an edger because I find entertainment in it. But on here with y'all, I'll be realistic. It is a slumper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how is the movie, though? Not how much fun did you have watching the movie? It's Those are two different slumper. measures. Yeah, it is a slumper of a movie because there's poor right. The acting is good. The acting is what makes the movie passable is because yep. you have good actors. And it also helps that Omar and Sanaa were dating at the time. So, yeah, they'd have good. You, It's also kind of like neg- negligible because it's like, wow, they were dating in real life. They had good chemistry in the wood. They have good chemistry and other stuff. And yet you underdevelop this relationship and everything else. But yeah, this is a slumper. Um, History. So um, I had to get, get you to answer it. And it was intentional because of the fact that I didn't want to go off of my emotional part of it. Because I was going to say, I absolutely hated how they wrote this fucking character. And it made this girl fucking feel like she was shit throughout the whole film. And at the end of the very fucking movie, before she decides to go back to play for L.A. Sparks and have a goddamn baby with this dude, she was like, what can I do to fix it? Let me do what she was pleading with him when he was the one that was doing wrong throughout the whole fucking movie. And so I had to go from that. So if I'm going based off of the actual writing, if I'm going based off of the way that the production was itself. For me, it's my initial one was going to be this was a sleeper, but I'm going to go with slumper. I'm going to only go for slumper because of the fact that there was a lot of times where they used the music to actually save the timeline. Um, I'm going to go with slumper because of the fact that they they had certain parts that was just like. Cool, I get where it was trying to be sweet. But. No, nah, fuck that dog. This is a sleeper dog. I can't. I can't even fucking explain the way this one. This is a sleeper dog. Like that it's, scene where uh, the parents fighting. You know, Gucci it's and Gold. After that, when she throw the shit at his head, and he and Quincy leaves and goes into their house, and he like that was like okay. It establishes that this happens a lot. Boy, would that have been nice to see the first time that that happens, and so then we can get more connection. But yeah, yeah. Um, loving basketball. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying. I'm trying to explain it, but I can't explain it away. That like they did so bad with when connecting the dots for characters. This is also one of those things. Was like Spike. You could have like maybe you could have stepped in and did some more. But just uh, any final thoughts, JT? Didn't uh, I think you were you looked like you were gearing up to say something? Um, Uh, History. Any more final thoughts? Man. Please don't let a dude look at you the way that Omar Epps looked at Sanaa Lathan when you're about to lose your virginity, just if you are a person that's doing this. 
Uh, and don't don't play ever play basketball with your heart at all. On the line. Don't <laughs> line. Because somebody's gonna yank a fucking ball on you. Um, yeah, bro. This is this was like super emotional, like abuse. Like by this nigga, this nigga was like really putting that girl through the ringer. What were his redeeming qualities? It was nothing, man. And he put his hands on that girl so many fucking times in the movie. He pushed her down for that, and like they 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 fought a couple times. It if it, it felt like he w- should have been so used to messing up, he would have also been good at making up. Yeah, and that honestly wasn't even that wasn't even in there. So no. I, I just, there's so many things that could have like a, sprinkle in a little bit of something, and this movie would have been a winner. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of makings, but if you really look at what's there, I just I don't think yeah. it's good. I, I tried to explain away from a man to make it a slumber. No, but but you, I'm, this, I'm a, this is a toxic this, choice. This, yeah, this this is what actually started. Y'all, y'all think this is what love looks like? Oh no! Ooh, I'm glad like, because I've been waging a I've been waging a war on the social medias against this, this movie is, because this it's not it's not a good romance <laughs> and it's not something it's not a good positive rom uh, portrayal of romance for black people and it's it's gotten its reputation unnecessarily and I I will continue to get fight because I'm not alone. This is a terrible <laughs> romance. On. But we are uh, wrap. We have wrapped up, and we have concluded our month of bad romances. Uh, we will be diving into some more positive portrayals of romance going into the month of May. Uh, just a programming note ahead, and I might as well get this out the way. I will be missing the final show or the first show of June, which is on the first of June. I'll be in Detroit for my nieces, my oldest nieces' uh, high school graduation. We'll be home for a few days. Black education, baby. Black education. And enjoying it. And before I wrap up and say the last thing, um, on April 28th, 1967, a great woman was born. My mother would have been 58 years old today, passed away in 2008. So as everything I do, this is for my mama. Rest in peace. And Mm -hmm. I will uh, will be back again next week. History and JT are about to wrap things up. Let's give let's give a round of applause for the uh, for the mamas, man. Give give pull one out for her. That's what I'm talking about. Give one out of her. Uh, so with that, man, um, if we was doing wrestling, we'd be do the seven bell count, and we, as we take a moment. But uh, with that, um, you can find us on wherever you get your audio acoustical pleasures from: Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Just put up the new episode for Thin Line Love and Hate as well as what love got to do with it. So make sure you check those out. Um, so double features on that. And also please do your ratings on that as well. Um, YouTube, we are actually on it under Historical Voices from the East Side. Check out our also po- uh, our second podcast, which is Island of Irre- Island of Irrelevancy. That's our wrestling podcast between me, Jamel Watson, as well as Trail ha- uh, Harris as well. Uh, we should be back next month for it. It's our monthly podcast. Um, and Fuck Around Find Out should come out in the next week or so. So with that, man, uh, we come together at the very end of every toxic relationship, conversations about toxic relationships, uh, when we got to talk about the hard topics, like uh, um, if Jon Stewart is getting a pass as a comedian every single time. Um, And we go to the voices and be able to actually just figure out what is the right thing to do? How can we put ourselves together? So we turn to the voice of reason, JT. What is this week's voice of reason? Well, you know, I grew up, I was born in the late 80s, grew up in the 90s. So I spent my fair time watching Jerry Springer. And the voice of reason is is in no small way based off of his final thought. At the end of of an absolute humanity disgrace session, Jerry would get out there and say something motivational and, and intelligent right after he just put on this display of the worst of us. But he would always end that with be excellent to yourself and each other. And in this day and age, I think it's important to, to love yourself. So I'm going to tell you today, love yourself and each other. You have permission to do it. I think that uh, one of the things that we can learn from love and basketball is what love it looks like is not good displayed by Hollywood. It's not well displayed. You got to look at your own family. <clears throat> the way you can identify it is look at the people who, who want excellence and they want to bring excellence to you. 
Those are the true people who love you. The ones that try to bring the best. And we saw it in a couple of different ways on this movie. But I tell you what, this stuff makes me want to write a screen, a screenplay so we can get some more positivity out there because there's a lot of parenting that can be done that shows love. When you encourage your kids and you let them know that you're behind them regardless of what they do or who they are or who they do, that is one of the most empowering things that your kids can have. So when you find people who want to be excellent to you, keep them around. And if you find people who don't, believe them. Thanks for watching.